0: Every day of our lives is spent in the built environment. We live in homes and apartments, drive on roads, get gas from pipelines, go to work in buildings, make purchases in stores and restaurants. We rely on factories, plants, doctors' offices, and hospitals for our basic human needs. And while our world continues to shift and grow and change, the development and delivery of the built environment has fallen dramatically behind. Welcome to a special mini-series of the Built Revolution podcast. We're engaging with leaders and experts to discuss how the energy transition, renewables, technology, and ESG are changing the way we build. This podcast is brought to you by Continuum Advisory Group and the Construction Industry Institute.
1: Thank you for joining us on the Built Revolution podcast. Uh, My name is Clark Ellis. I'm a principal with Continuum Advisory Group. Today, I'm with Sabrina Rajan, who is the Global Director of Sustainability for McDermott welcome to the podcast Sabrina
2: thanks for having me Clark
1: absolutely and you know before we we, we jump into it I, I'm really interested in your background and really what what's drawn you to this uh, environmental social and governance sustainability topic and, 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 and revolution that's going
2: on across industry yeah well um, I can honestly say it, it, it wasn't where I started when um, I began my career more than 15 years ago so um, I'm from a a small city in in Australia called Perth, which is where I started off my career as a a process engineer. Um, My background is in in chemical engineering. Um, And I started my career as a design engineer and uh, slowly moved more into sort of project engineering and construction and and spent a considerable amount of time on site, um, particularly a beautiful little island off the coast of Northwestern Australia called Barrow Island, many people might know it. Um, which was the site of the Gorgon LNG project. And and that that project was a lot of uh, positive lessons for me, particularly in sustainability, because um, that project was built on a a Class A nature reserve. And and from an environmental standpoint, there were a lot of protocols and and procedures in place to really um, ensure that that environment, that pristine environment, was preserved through the execution of that project. Um, and then, of course, uh, you know, I, I've now moved on and, and joined McDermott many years on, and uh, here I am based in, in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, where I've had the opportunity uh, being in, in Malaysia to be, uh, have access to our fabrication operations in Batam, where I've also spent a considerable amount of time. Um, and Batam for McDermott is, is really the centre of our fabrication operations. It's our busiest fabrication facility. Which also means that, from a sustainability perspective, there's there's plenty of opportunity for improvements to be made to ensure that the yards operating more sustainably. And and that's really where my um, inroad into sustainability within McDermott um, came about. Was uh, I was I was basically brought on um, in 2021 to take a look at the Tarm's operations and identify opportunities to reduce our emissions. And very very quickly. It, we, we managed to firstly, the first change um, that the time has has been the conversion from on-site diesel-generated power to uh, grid power. Um, they've managed to implement a, a biodiesel, a B30 um, fuel within the yard, and in the later part of 2021, they, they actually managed to access um, energy attribute certificates, so renewable energy, which which meant that 100% of their grid source power um, was renewable. So BATAM has had a really great story in 2021 because they've gone from being this high-intensity fabrication operation to significantly reducing their uh, emissions just through some of these relatively accessible um, sustainability initiatives.
1: That's fantastic. I I love the fact that when when you start to solve for something different uh, than just sort of efficiency, uh and and the kind of the, the way that the way that we've been maximizing or or optimizing processes it's amazing what you can accomplish and and, and many times it, it doesn't require a huge investment it just requires a, a different way of thinking about the problem um, sounds like you're able to bring that to to tom island that's fantastic well that, that's a that's a great great introduction and uh, w- what a unique background you've got the the technical knowledge and training to understand you know how how the, the projects work and also uh, you know, the examples. I love that example from the Gorgon project of, of executing a massive uh, LNG project in a in a nature reserve. I mean, that's that's phenomenal. Um, that so that experience is really really interesting. I, I love understanding kind of where, where people are coming from. Um, you know, that get into you know the positions that they are. So um, maybe taking a step back, uh, could you could you give us kind of an overview uh, of McDermott's vision uh, for for ESG and for sustainability?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So um, McDermott's, uh, McDermott has a series of sustainability goals which are really focused around um, emissions reduction, uh, waste reduction and uh, social responsibility and human rights. So um, on the waste side, you know, we do have a target to achieve zero waste to landfill from all of our offices globally by 2025 and we also have a target around a 50% reduction of, of waste by 2030. Um, On emissions, we we also have uh, targets around our own operations, so our own Scope 1 and 2, which is a 50% reduction by 2030, and we do intend to be net zero Scope 1 and 2 by 2050. But probably more uniquely um, to McDermott is that we also have emissions reduction goals or targets around our Scope 3 upstream, so our supplier emissions and our scope three downstream. So looking at our client operating facilities that we design and build. Um, So on the scope three upstream side, uh, we have a target to to engage with 50 suppliers in sustainability initiatives, and also to reduce our scope three supplier footprint by 35% by by 2030, um, which is a fairly ambitious target in itself. And uh, I think what the, the way in which we are positioned as an EPC contractor enables us to offer our suppliers, when we engage with them, sustainable solutions. So solutions that are centred around you know, engineered solutions or technology-driven solutions that would enable them to reduce the carbon intensity of their manufacturing or operations processes and, and thereby reduce the carbon intensity of their saleable products. Um, And it's sort of a win-win for us because not only are we able to engage with them as clients, we then reap the benefits of of a greener product, essentially. Absolutely. And then similarly, on the front of uh, working with our clients, when we focus on our upstream scope three emissions, that's that's where we believe we have the ability to have the greatest contribution to curbing climate change and, and greenhouse gas emissions, which is, focusing on on reducing the emissions of the facilities that we design and build. And again, our, our capabilities in offering sustainable solutions, uh, engineered solutions or technology-driven solutions puts us in a unique position to do so.
1: That's fantastic. I, th- I think um as we were talking earlier, uh, your, your ability to to kind of where you sit in the supply chain uh, to be able to look, you know, Upstream and downstream and have an impact uh, is a really really exciting place to be and I think um, really interested. You mentioned earlier that you have a um, a partnership with one of one of your your major clients right now uh, aimed at improving sustainability, reducing emissions, et cetera. I was wondering if you could you could maybe elaborate on that a little bit to give, to give us an example of of what you're doing with the with the with your customers.
2: Absolutely. So um, in, in 2021, uh, McDermott signed a, an MOU with Shell, who are also one of our clients. Um, we signed an MOU to decarbonize the EPC industry. And uh, what, what the intent of that MOU is, is to really evaluate options within four work streams. And, and those four work streams are formed around uh, alternate fuels, so low carbon fuels, um, renewable power, um, decarbonization of our marine operations and uh, digitalization or digital solutions and sort of focusing on those four work streams the intention is to work with shell um, really pull together our our resources and and our knowledge within this space and our expertise and 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 pull together um, these resources to really drive the creation of solutions um, so the intent is, you know, as a, as a deliverable from this collaboration, we want to be able to offer a suite of solutions uh, for the EPC industry on, on a pathway towards decarbonisation. So once again, not only does it benefit us, because it's, a, it's something that we can apply to our own global operations, but we want to be able to create a roadmap that could be applied even more broadly to the industry. And again, uh, leveraging off our, our internal knowledge and Shell's internal knowledge we already see that there is plenty of opportunity for, for improvements to be made in the space.
1: That sounds that's exciting. I mean that that it sounds like this is something that that Shell and McDermott are working on. Sort of, I'm sure it'll be integrated into any projects you know that you're doing together. But it sounds like it's something that kind of transcends that. Is am I, am I reading that correctly? So that it's something that's it's a, it's a business initiative that your your two organizations are working on together that isn't tied to a specific um, EPC project, right? It, it's more looking at the overall process. Am I, am I right in, in, uh, in, uh, in assuming that?
2: Absolutely, yeah. So um, it, it is not tied to one specific project. It is looking at, firstly, McDermott's operations globally. So our yeah. fabrication, construction, and marine operations. And firstly, identifying what are the challenges. You know, we know that there is a roadmap to net zero, but there are still many hurdles that that we must overcome um, in achieving that net zero commitment and so you know some of those hurdles include in renewable power some of the countries that we are currently executing work in they don't have renewable power right. in those countries and, and renewable power renewable electricity is, is a pivotal part of our net zero strategy so similarly um on on low carbon fuels you know globally the demand for, for low carbon fuels outweighs the supply, and um, so that's where we see opportunities in in partnering with Shell and and someone with with the ability to sort of source and supplement our capabilities um, as a way to accelerate our progress towards our net zero commitment.
1: Wow, that, that's that's exciting. Um, I'm really gl- really glad that's happening, and uh, it's exciting that you're you're also positioning this so that. It's not just you know, the learning is not only going to affect you know, McDermott and Shell, but you're talking about transforming the, 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 whole, the whole industry. Um, so, it sounds like there's there's a bit of a, a, almost like sort of an open source ethic. Sabrina, that's that's a, that's a great uh, great point about your your work with with Shell, and I think it's a great segue to talk about something you mentioned earlier, which is engaging with your supply chain. Um, you know, in, in my practice uh, over the years, you know, I understand the complexity. Uh, of the epc supply chain and how many you know can be thousands of companies you know, involved you know, in, in a project um and so it's, it's fantastic i think that, that mcdermott is looking at that that sort of upstream um uh, suppliers and you know working to figure out how they how you can work together to to improve mm-hmm. environmental performance so um I know. I know. There's 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 a, there's a lot. Of, there's some limits on what you can say, but I'm I'm interested to see what you know. What kind of examples you might be able to share, you know, with the audience that that kind of maybe give people you know some good frameworks to think about how they may be able to improve uh, relations with their suppliers.
2: Yeah. No. Absolutely. Well, I think um, when it comes to suppliers and and supplier emissions or scope three emissions, I think the biggest challenge that you know not just McDermott but a much much broader challenge that people face is around data and, and the accuracy of the data or the credibility of the data that we often receive from suppliers. It's unvetted. It's unverifiable, which means that it, it, it's not a sound a basis for then making a decision on either vendor selection or material selection. So that's probably been one of our greatest challenges. So um, our strategy for overcoming that is to start with engaging with our suppliers and In 2020, we identified what our top ten categories were around Scope three. um, One of them being steel, and um, our strategy is then to thereby engage with our top steel suppliers. So we work very closely with our steel suppliers, as an example, to better understand, you know, what is their manufacturing process and what information are they collecting around emissions. Um, So that when we do receive uh, input from them, um, we are able to at least vet and verify with some degree of of credibility as to how accurate that data is. Um, But in addition to that, it also, going back to what I mentioned earlier, is our capabilities as as an organization to provide, you know, solutions to decarbonization, Um, we're actually able to engage and better understand what are their challenges that they face in their manufacturing process? What are the high emission points um, in their production process? And and what solutions can we as an organisation provide them to reduce the uh, emissions through their manufacturing process and thereby reduce the carbon intensity of their saleable products? Also knowing that we could potentially be the beneficiary of that uh, emissions reduction. Um, When you think of the scale of of steel as a commodity and and how much um, steel McDermott purchases or uses across all our fabrication and construction operations, um, the the potential savings on any um, emissions reduction around the carbon intensity of that product could have a significant contribution to our overall carbon footprint. Um, So from that perspective, it is an area of focus for us because, um, in terms of materiality, it's an area that we can have a significant uh, contribution towards reducing our own emissions.
1: That makes, that makes a lot of sense. And, and yeah, I think that actually, I think that ties in a little bit to, uh, to something we were talking about before we started recording as well. Um, the, talking about the data really kind of, you know, uh, reminded me of this. And um, McDermott's developed a tool uh, for uh, how, how to evaluate um, your carbon footprint emissions and, and environmental Impact, um, you know, of, of projects, and it, it sounds like from our earlier conversation that it's pretty much end to end, you know. again, you know, when I think about you know the major projects that, that McDermott is, is responsible for for executing, um, you know, whether it's the the financial performance, the quality performance, or in this case the environment environmental performance of the, of those projects, it, it is the sum total of thousands of decisions and choices that are made um, by. In some cases, you know, a thousand companies, you know, could be making those. And so getting your arms around, you know, that that whole process with, of, of choices and decisions and, and data uh, must be uh, pretty daunting. And it's exciting to hear. I, I'd love to hear more, anything you could share you know, about how McDermott has, has developed a tool to help, uh, you know, itself, but also help, you know, its suppliers and and customers in making better choices.
2: Yes, well, I'm always, I'm always happy to speak about our tool because um, we're, we're very proud of the tool that we've developed. So um, earlier this year, uh, McDermott launched ArborxD, which is our in-house developed um, carbon footprint calculation tool. Uh, And so Arbor XD is is really that tool that we intend to use on all our projects in calculating um, not only the uh, emissions for the operating lifecycle of the the facilities that we're engineering and and building, but also um, the the EPC footprint, which includes the supply chain, fabrication and construction and marine and logistics. So, um, you know, I think with ESG and and reporting data is everything and having information to then make decisions around emissions reduction is really, really important. So what ArborXD enables you to do very, very early on in a a project uh, phase is to uh, actually look at um, your prospective facility and forecast what the emissions profile would be for the full operating life cycle of that facility. But not only does it provide you with that emissions profile, so it identifies your key sources of emissions and it quantifies those, but it actually provides you with options for emissions reduction pathways. And and through the ArborXC tool, you can really simply um, play around with various options. For example, you might have the option of either generating on-site power or converting to Um, imported grid power and what would your emissions profile look like if if you were to make that change. Um, Similarly, on on EPC footprint, you know, if you were to execute um, the particular job and use a renewable energy source or an alternate fuel, or if you were to use one site over another, what would be the, the different factors that would lead to a potential emissions reduction? Um, and I think that having, having that ability to, um, optioneer is what we call it, um, yep. really provides a, a platform, a, a credible platform as well, to have a consistent approach to carbon footprint calculations, but also presents our clients who are ultimately the decision makers in a lot of this with the option of, um, carbon reduction pathways for the full project life cycle.
1: That's, that's fantastic. Um, so how long have you been, has, has McDermott been use, utilizing this, uh, uh, was it Arbor XT? Um, Arbor and, XT, yes. XT, I, I apologize. Um, and so how, how long has this been um, in, in operation and you know, kind of what, what do you see for the future uh, of using this tool?
2: So Arbor XT, um, whilst it was only officially launched in uh, January this year, another thing that, uh, it's another feature of the tool, is it's actually um, a, a database for past McDermott projects. So within HyperXD, we have past project data on emissions. So if you were to, to be designing an LNG facility, for example, you actually have the ability to then benchmark your uh projected emissions for your LNG facility against past projects. And that's pretty powerful as well to be able to do that comparison within that particular product line. Um, as I said, you know, it was only launched in, in January, but it is it, doing um, emissions estimates and, and lifecycle emissions registers has, has been something that we've been doing for a very, very long time. It's just being able to have that in a, in a digital tool, um, accessible, accessible. Um, anywhere, from any location, it it creates that consistent approach to emissions calculations and it it also really makes it quite accessible for a person to perform those emissions calculations, play around with options and identify lower carbon solutions. And and I think that really ultimately a lot of the time that's everything, having the information available and, and being able to understand what your potential emissions reduction would be if you were to make some of these small changes very early on in a project um, has a lot of power in actually being implemented later down the track.
1: Well, and and, the, and it'll get smarter and smarter because, because it's, a, it's a database. You know, the more, the, the more that it's used and the more projects you have, more data you can put in the database, it's going to get smarter.
2: Um, Absolutely.
1: Go forward. And I think you made a key point there too in terms of the timing, um, having having that information at the fingertips of decision makers at the right time, so they can actually make the right choices, uh, is is so key. Because one, you know, once, once as you know, once you get a project started, and you've got a plan. It's very hard to change that plan, very costly and, and, and very challenging. So it's, it's it's critical to have that 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 data at, at your fingertips when you're when you're making those decisions at the, at the beginning, you know, early stages of a project. Um, so that's, that's exciting. Thanks. Excellent. Well, well, Sabrina, thank you so much. This has been a great conversation. You've really helped to shed some light uh, on what ESG means uh, you know, for a large EPC like like McDermott. Um, and it's really exciting to see how you've connected with your clients and with your supply chain uh, and and with your tool. Uh, so, are there are there any things uh, that you want to make sure that that you land on here that are, so our, our listeners can take away? Uh, any final key points uh, that you'd like to make?
2: Um, I think, you know, I think the key point that I'd like to make is that, you know, McDermott as an organisation places a lot of value on on sustainability and sustainability in our operations. And and we we do and we believe that we are at the forefront of leading um, sustainability within execution of our projects. Um, We we receive a a lot of feedback from our clients, most of whom are oil majors and have similar net zero commitments to know that we are very much aligned and, and on a path to achieving low carbon project delivery.
1: Outstanding. Outstanding. Well, I, I've really enjoyed our conversation. I appreciate you doing this. And for for the, for the listeners out there that don't know it, you know, Sabrina's coming to us from Kuala Lumpur. And right now it is 10 a.m. Eastern time in the U.S., but it's almost midnight where she is. So I uh, really appreciate her, her commitment uh, to getting this, this this important message out. Uh, and hope that you will all in, enjoy listening. And until next time, uh, this is Clark Ellis uh, with Continuum Advisory Group. And this has been the Built Revolution Podcast.
0: Thanks for listening to the Built Revolution Pod, brought to you by Continuum Advisory Group and the Construction Industry Institute. Continue the conversation on Twitter at Built Revolution Pod. Or email us at hello at BuiltRevolutionPod.com. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the individuals being interviewed, and they do not necessarily reflect the views of the sponsoring organizations.